appears your trophy is ripping us a new orifice. Let me review the tactical situation for you, gentlemen. Boudreaux is wounded. He's been pursued and harried across miles of open country. Now he's cornered and outnumbered 20 to 1. He's an annoying little insect, and I want him stepped on hard. You're not angry with me, are you, Pick? <laughs> I don't get angry. I'm a professional. So, Badway, I know you just got back from vacation. It's a work night. It's 3 a.m. currently. Making you do a podcast. You're not angry, angry with me, are you? Drew, I don't get angry. I'm professional. <laughs> However... I am disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what, though? You're the brains of this operation, just like Van Pick or Van no. Cleef was, right? Pick Van Cleef. No, I don't know. I think I think that you're the brains of this thing, and I'm I'm just the guy that says dumb stuff. You know, <laughs> get out of here. You're the you're the guy that makes makes all the moves. <laughs> Welcome back. This is episode 108 of the Last Row Podcast. If you're looking for our website, if you're new to this show, thanks to all the new listeners that we've been picking up here. Thanks to everyone that's subscribing. Check us out, thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser. If you're really enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. That way, welcome back. Welcome back from your vacation. Hope you had a nice time. But we're still back again for another consistent release. I did. Uh, uh, What was the other thing that the guy always said? Uh, The guy, Habib Barwan. What's his character's name? Van Cleef. Van Cleef. Van Cleef. Van Cleef. He goes, it's like his calling card before he kills someone. He goes, you weren't trying to hurt my feelings, were you? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're trying to hurt my feelings. I promise I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Oh, yeah. Vacation was fine. But, you know, we have, uh, you know, vacations come and they go. But, you know, the, the work needs to be done. Back to work for back the people. Work. And, you know, back to work. And I wouldn't really call it work when you have to watch Hard Target because what a rob. What, <laughs> what a pleasure. What a pleasure. Hard Target has its flaws. Genuinely, overall, a good movie. August 20th, 1993. Drew? Where were you in August 20th, 1993? And I probably I getting call, ready for school, I guess. I would call 93 probably the peak of our lives. I don't know yeah. about you. The, the early 90s was, was a <laughs> so hot time. 93 was like the best year ever, and then it was all downhill from there, <laughs> it was, it, for my uh, life anyway. Consistently. Consistently yeah. downhill. Yep. <laughs> With a runtime of one hour, 37 minutes. Just about right. Just about right. Just about too, right. A little, a little too long. Maybe, maybe five, ten minutes too long. <laughs> Under 100, though, can't complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Genre, action, slash, crime, slash, thriller, slash, Van Damme movie. Van Damme. Directed by John, quote, Ric Flair, unquote. Woo! woo. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite John Woo movie? Probably Face Off. Yeah, probably Face Off. Probably Face uh, Off. We'll talk more about John Woo later. Uh, written by my man, Chuck Pfeffer. <laughs> Pfeffer. Chuck, Chuck Pfeffer. I don't know what he else he has done. You, you know, you know who he was in this movie though. Who? He, he was in this movie. He was sorry. Yeah, he played the dad who died in the beginning. The the, the oh, guy that Doug they were Binder? trying to find. He's Doug Binder. Yeah. Wait, now listen. Do you think it's is this like Larry David? Is there so much of you in the world? There's so much of you here. Like, do you think that it's okay to like put yourself in? Is this like a Shyamalan situation? It's a Shyamalan okay situation. 
But I, I guess the know. writer doesn't get a lot of credit. So if you're the director, you're already the face of the movie. So if you're the writer, maybe I, give yourself think, a bone. I think John Woo had his hands full of Van Damme. So <laughs> when this guy like meekly brought it up, he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I don't care. Be the guy. Or he, he put him on <laughs> set to also keep an eye on John yeah. Woo. They like the yeah. writer, Sam Raimi, which we'll get to yeah. in a second. They need more eyes on him is what they need. So uh, this guy also wrote a couple other things. Uh, one, one of them being barbed wire. Do you ever barbed Ooh, wire? Dude, you know what's funny? I was going to suggest that we do that movie <laughs> on this show at some point, talk, even talk, though I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. Talk about several Linings. Bad movie, man. Oof. Yeah. And uh, he also did The Jackal. <laughs> underrated Bruce Willis. Oh, movies. man. That's a, that's a good yeah, movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. Bruce he Willis. Did, he, did, uh, he did Dark Man, which was also you know a little underrated back yep. in 1990. And he also wrote Navy Seals. All right. Which I'd never seen the movie Navy Seals. And I just remember it from that scene in Clerks where the guy's at the movie theater and he yeah. goes, ooh, Navy Seals. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing I know Navy Seals. Is that Charlie Sheen is in, in Navy Seals? Is he in that? I believe you're right. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure you're right. You are correct. All right. Uh, but that's enough about uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's dad, uh, <laughs> Chuck Pfeiffer. Uh, IMDb, 6.2 out of 10. Too low. Yeah, that's about right. It's about, probably about right. Too low for me, but about Rot- right for the world. 58%. Too low. About right. For the Metacritic, Earth. 63%. Too low. About right. Letterbox 3.2 out of 5. 17,986 votes. Too low. It's, it's too low it's for probably, me. It's, it's about right high. for the Earth. It's probably too low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going by like, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, realistic with these. And all I right. think that they're all slightly high to just about right. Okay. The I movie was entertaining. These. It was bad. It had questionable direction choices. It had bad <laughs> acting. It had great action. Some might ask, what's this story about? And I would say... Would you tell me, please? Chance Boudreau, killer name, by the way. Chance. A sailor skilled in martial arts is employed to guard Natasha Binder. Is it Binder? Or it's Binder. Binder. They, Binder. They said Bender, but it's Binder is what they said. Nat Binder. Nat. As she tracks down her father and... I, what? I itinerant. I, I copied from Google. <laughs> I'll read it, man. I told you, man. I'm like Ron Burgundy, <laughs> Vietnam veteran living in New Orleans, named Douglas. They soon uncover a sinister group of wealthy men who hunt the homeless for sport, the most dangerous game, paying them ten thousand dollars if they can survive a cross town journey. When Chance discovers that Natasha's father was one of their victims, he decides to destroy the evil hunters. Rated R. Do you, do you think that's like ten thousand is not that much? But I guess like the point is like they're not going to actually homeless. pay them anyway. They're, yeah, and, and they don't get paid anyway. That blood-soaked strap of of ten k has yeah. been around the waist of <laughs> countless homeless men. That's all they can all fit over in the that world. Belt. That's yeah. why it's only ten k because they can't put more in the belt. And it's probably like. $500 with Monopoly money like, yeah. wrapped around the rest. Around like, the rest. Not, there's not, because they're never going to win. It's, it's, I, it's a rigged game. I have a lot of thoughts about the game, which we got to get to in a second. But before we do that, let's let's tackle the tagline. So last week we had, last episode for, for Final Destination, we had some awesome ones. This one, not so much. It's only a I'll couple today. So soon. yeah, I'll see you soon. There's no <laughs> see I'll see you soon. soon. I'm yeah. coming to get you. See you soon. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Here I am. Uh, so the taglines this week, there's only two. And, uh, you know, tell me what you think. First one, hard target, colon, don't hunt what you can't kill. Love it. It's probably just accurate. Slap, it on, the, slap it on the poster. It's done. So the, the next one, hard target, colon, catch him if you can. It's too cute. Too cute. I get it. It's not bad, but it's too cute. I like the first one. The first one's yeah, solid. Yeah, first one, first one works. Right? 
All right. So financials, it, it was 18 million estimated to film, which actually surprising. I thought for some reason it would have cost more, especially with like the well, the, the all, streets and all stuff. those explosions, all of those explosions. But there, they really, the setting was nowhere. Yeah, it was. It, it was, like was one, one street, street a, a bunch of woods in a warehouse. Yeah. Wilford Brimley's uh, at a, Bayou Farm. Yeah. At, a strip club, at a strip club office. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, well, it turned around cumulative worldwide gross about $74 million, which is Ooh. pretty good for, yeah. for what it was, right? Even well, though I know critically it didn't do well. Well, you had the Van Damme American audience and, yep. of course, his overseas appeal. And you also had John Woo's appeal in uh, the Asian market. Right, which probably helped to make this money. What make the movie make the money? What it did. This was his first Hollywood film too in the United States, which was a big deal because you know he's very critically acclaimed in in the Hong Kong film scene. So coming to the U.S. it's a big deal. Yep. Critically though, it didn't do so well, but it did win a couple of awards. Oh, so I got to give credit. So the the Saturn Awards, Lance Henriksen won for best supporting actor, who I actually thought he was really good in this. I think he deserved that. Uh, he and was, was the he was the main bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emile Fouchon or whatever, however you say it. But he's the main Very bad nice. guy, right? Which Very we'll nice. see how he does on the villain French scale. Pronunciation. None of them my French here, but and then it was nominated for a couple other things: best horror film, best director, John Woo. I don't know why it's a horror film, but maybe it's, it's just probably fits in there. The goofy kind yeah. of categories that the Saturn Awards have, and then best music, which I actually thought it did have some pretty good music, but it didn't eh. win those. But eh. I liked it. I liked a little westerny. Faux New Orleans, yeah, you know Bayou tunes. I don't know. I'm surprised that Seagal didn't weave his way, weasel his way into this. Yeah, you know, somehow Seagal like a, should be in every New Orleans, New Orleans movie. <laughs> but the last and most important, the most important awards where we finally got it back, Bowie. 1994, uh. the peak of the MTV Movie Awards. It was nominated for two key categories. The first one, most desirable male. John Claude Van Damme. So let me ask you, like most desirable man, does that mean like is this like a sexual award? I I <laughs> like the like the ladies ladies and the men they love they love him. The ladies wanna be with him, the men wanna be him. I don't I don't is that what know. It means? Like you know, well let me tell you the other people in the category, and then you can decide that. Okay. So in ninety four, it was hard target, Van Damme was nominated. Denzel yeah. Washington for the Pelican Brief. Fair but odd role for to be desired by. <laughs> was he a lawyer? Yeah, probably. Uh, Val Kilmer Man. in Tombstone. <laughs> a dirty, a dirty dude from the 1800s. Yeah, continue desire to be desirable. Yeah. Tom Cruise from The Firm. Another lawyer. Is, yeah, Another lawyer. <laughs> desirable. I think they're talking about the actor, not the role. Maybe I don't know. No, it's probably I don't know. Like, I think it's like you know. I think it's like sex symbol, right? Sex symbol, yeah. But like, like you're I, right. I'm sorry. Like I get it. Tom Cruise and Denzel, they're very handsome. Val Kilmer, yeah. very handsome. But the roles they're portraying is not super sexy. You're right, right. You know. Well, wait till I tell you what won. Okay. So they all of these guys lost. Which, yeah. which you could argue any one of these. As when you talk about Hollywood sex symbol as a as a man in the '90s, 1994, would would potentially win. But let me tell you who won this award. <laughs> a little old actor by the name of William Baldwin from Billy, a movie Billy called Bald. Silver. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. It's actually it's Sliver Drew, and yeah. it's a sexy Sliver, ass movie. Silver. I'm sorry. That, that's a movie that will be I on USA at 11 p.m. after Silk Stockings yeah, after and Silk uh, Stockings. <laughs> La Femme Nikita. Let me tell you what Sliver, sexy ass movie. Why did I say Silver? So I get like the desirableness of it, but yeah, Billy Baldwin's he's a. He's a, he's a goof. What does he play in that movie that makes it so sexy? Uh, I, have, I have no idea. 
movie sucks. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> so stockings. Anyway, La Femme Nikita. Those are the two that I remember, like USA at like 11 yeah. p.m. on a Friday. Uh, so then it also was nominated for Best Action Sequence. Uh, Fair. But it had some hard competition, man. Jurassic Parks, the T-Rex the T Jeep scene. Sure. Cliffhanger, the opening catwalk sequence, which is amazing. We did oh, that on this show. One of the best movies. Best Go movie check it sequences. out. And Hard Target's the scene for this movie was the motorcycle scene, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then Romeo is bleeding, which I don't know what this is. I've never seen this. And then it lost to the fugitive for the train wreck, which you can't argue against Fair. that. That's a great Fair movie enough. and a great scene. So, but look, let's talk about JC, JCVD. So this is the triumphant return of, of JCVD to our show. We've done a bunch of JCVD movies. We did Bloodsport, one of our earlier episodes. We did Sudden Death, which is another early gem of ours, which I recommend you go check out. One of my favorite movies. And, and Time Cop. Am I missing any others that we did of him? I think no, that's, that's it, it right? and I, you know, you know, he's dangerously close to the five timers club. He, he you know? is. I feel like I mean, only Seagal has maybe, maybe Schwarzenegger, maybe Arnold, maybe, maybe Arnold's Arnold. been in the five timers club. The five that's timers it. club, man, yeah. we need a little trophy for that. Yeah. I think we got to like get him on here. But so plenty, so, of, plenty of movies to do, like as as we'll we'll, we'll talk later. Yeah, well, yeah. Let, let's talk about JCVD, right? So we always talk about Seagal. He's definitely in the five timers club on this show, and he, he's he's probably in the last row hall of fame when you think yeah. about oh, it. Yeah. From yeah, <laughs> from oh, what yeah. he's done. What do you think about JCVD? Like we, I don't know that we. Ta- I don't remember talking about him as an actor or like a person so yeah. much on this. As a, like as a man, as a desirable yeah. man. Like we we give Seagal a hard time. I know that people have said JCVD's had sort of like a checkered past, but like, what's your take on JCVD as a person and an actor? Okay, so like I feel like he's been known to be difficult to work with, but I don't think he's had any. Um, personal issues that have been too great. Maybe I'm wrong on that, I, but I, yeah. I'll, I will say that in our other movies that we did on, on a Van Damme Bloodsport, sudden death time cop, I feel like we talked more about the movies cause they had more plot driven discussions that we well, had. Me. But yeah, I'll, I'll just warn the audience right now that we're not going to be talking super hardcore about the inner workings of the, uh, hard target plot and story because eh, who cares? You know, we're, we're going to be talking more about, Van Dam himself about Wu, and then um, we're gonna villain scale obviously the, the the main villain, but really yeah the meat and potatoes is going to be the making of and yeah. John Claude himself. So there's not much yeah, in the movie. I feel like I don't know why should we give him why why would we be too hard on Seagal and not him because what has John Claude ever done to anybody? Well. Let me tell you, I did a little research here, and this was this. If, was, if it turns out that he's done horrible things, I apologize in advance. That, like, oh, he didn't do anything. He's like <laughs> as far as I know, I don't. I don't think he's been arrested or anything no. like that. I don't know. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know his rap sheet officially from like no. a, from like a police report, but I did. I did a little Wikipediaing. Okay, and right. this is one step above IMDb. I know you gave me some at least. Crap it, last at least week. it didn't come from IMDb. I got some IMDb quotes, some facts for you uh-huh. later, but we'll see. I, I I'm not going to wait on my intervention here, but. So this is you tell me. I'll go through some of these things. You tell me whether it's whether it's bad or not, or whether you consider him up there. Because Seagal, I'm pretty sure, was like literally abusive towards someone, yeah. right? Like it was yeah. actual abuse, which is pretty yeah. messed up. Yes. And he, he's got a whole kind of other checkered past, but and like unwanted groping. Yes, you know that kind of thing. Assault. From his co-stars. Yeah, sexual assault. Some some noted, some not noted. Yeah, but then you know, guy totally got me too after the fact. 
Exactly. But he got away with it, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. And and now, you know, he's hanging out in Dubai, like doing, you know, martial arts in like Dubai. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, by Wikipedia says about JCVD. So it says by the nineties, the stress of constant filming and promotion of his films, as Van Dam explains, led him to develop a Coke habit, which he okay. spent up to ten K a week and consumed up to ten grams per day by nineteen ninety six. Well, who who hasn't had that happen to them? Yeah, I mean that's like typical Hollywood stuff. And the you know when Not you talk lie. about the volume of it, it's it's yeah. it's correlated to his salary probably, right? So it's not know. a cocaine problem if you have the money to support it. Yeah, that's, that's what I always say. <laughs> it's like it's coffee, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then he was also arrested for DUI in ninety nine. Okay, is, that's bad, but like still like. It's fine. Nobody got hurt, luckily. <laughs> Not that we know of. I yeah. don't know. And then uh, he went to rehab. He was unsuccessful. And he wound up quitting cold turkey and through exercise, which I can actually see that being true. That seems a bit too neatly wrapped up for me, but I'll, I'll believe yeah. it. I'll believe it. He, he was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which may describe some of the troubles okay. that he had, you know, you um, dealing with some of that. And he goes into to say some stuff about how he dealt with that growing up. He was taking medication and whatnot. Yeah, like um, I said, no crimes. He's fine. He's yeah, fine. I, not that we're aware of here. But then, and then yeah. the last part it says that, which I think I'm, I'm curious your take on this, right? Because it's not my business, but a, it's Wikipedia's business. Mm-hmm. Van Damme has been married five times to four different women. Oh, well, who who hasn't been married? Yeah, five times? I mean, on you're on your sixth marriage, right? Come it's on. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've lost count. You know, it says he was married to you know a bunch of people. He talks about this, and then. He also, in 92, began an affair, uh, and then he married the person we had an affair with, and then it was a whole bunch of other stuff. And then there's that famous story that we talked about where he was having an affair with Kylie Minogue during the filming of Street Fighter, which who was- wouldn't? Oh, we forgot that. How did we forget? Who, who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, Kylie Minogue, right? We forgot that we did Street Fighter too. Oh, so this is five. He's in the five timers. He's club. in the five timers club. This they is it. Congratulations. Good job. <laughs> put, the, put the clapping in the music back yeah. there. Yeah, that's right. He is in the Five Timers Club. All right. It's official. <laughs> nice. um, which is so back, kind to, of, back to the cheating. Back to the cheating. Yeah, so, so back to the cheating, right? After the congratulations and maybe the, 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 the bad part here. But so. <laughs> but I mean, Kylie Minogue, though. Nice. I mean, right. But his wife was pregnant with her son at the time. It's kind of messed cool. up. Not yeah, cool. Yeah, not cool. So anyway. I, do, you think we, do you think we give him enough crap and we, we're, we're dumping on Seagal? Like, no. Would you put it right. the same or no? This is a, I mean, we're talking about wandering eyes here, you know? <laughs> and when this is not real life, this is Hollywood. Things happen, you know. Wives and husbands get tossed around. How many times has J Lo been married? You yeah. know, how many times has Ben Affleck been married? Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, all that good stuff. Too. Right, exactly. And they get back to each other. Like this, Hollywood marriages are not real marriages. I'm sorry to say. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, let let me ask you about this, right? So we'll talk about Wu in a second, but you mentioned a little bit about him possibly being difficult to to work with on set. There's some some information in this around John Woo working on a Hollywood film for the first time and the star power of Van Damme and basically the fact that he had total control over the project, whether it was the script or the final cut. Uh, and one of the, the facts that I saw on IMDb, so you can tell me whether you agree with this or not, was that it, they gave an example and it said that Van Damme would insist on having one of the cameras focused on his muscles at all times. Wu complied, Fair. but he never used any of the footage. Fair. Van Damme would also delay filming because he was often on the phone negotiating new projects. <laughs> like, okay. is that like you sitting at your job, like having a job interview on your on your phone, like at your yeah. cubicle at your desk? Like, is that what that is? Like, no, I mean, because the job has an end date. All of the movie you're shooting, you know, you're kind of being a dick about it, but yeah. you know, that's what the trailer's for. You don't do that out in the open. But 
I mean, Van Dam's a star here. He's going to have some he is. demands, some wants, some needs. He wants you to shoot his muscles. Yeah. Just just, just patronize him. Just patronize him and say, yeah, buddy, we'll, we'll shoot him. It, you don't have to shoot him, really. Is it is it out of line if I say that I kind of agree with Van Dam on this? Like, he's the movie star. People so, are coming to see him. Right. But you, So are you saying that we need to see more of his muscles in this movie? I think was that there, they didn't have lack, enough. Well, there was a lack of his muscles? So the only time, because he's wearing that black trench coat the whole time until ask, he finally takes yeah. it off. Let me ask you this. There was no split on screen in this movie. No. Do you think Do you think he did a split sometime on that set and, and, they, and they shot it and they, and they just cut it? John Woo was like, we can't have a split in this. Yeah. They don't do that. I, there might have been. Splits don't read in slow motion. I, you I, know, so. I think that there was too much trench coat for the beginning of this movie. There I wasn't disagree. Enough. Well, and, and there, the muscles came out in the warehouse scene, which we'll talk yeah. about in a bit. And that's where he was sort of greased up and he, he had the, 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 the tank up. on and yeah. he had like the greasy muscles and there was okay. like a slow motion pan from like his, his stomach up, which may yeah. have been one of these shots that, that let he me, was insisting let me, on. Let me, uh, let me respectfully disagree here about the look of Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie. Chance Boudreaux, it starts with the mullet and then it goes down from there. So he had three looks, right? He had the 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 trench coat look. Yeah. And then he had the all denim look. Yeah. And then he took the denim off and it was and it was white tank top, right? Yep. Showing his muscles. With the grease. Now I think that the trench coat look looked most badass and fit the mullet the most. It did. But now, who's wearing a trench coat in the bayou? It's true. That's why you rip it off and you got your denim look. And I think the yeah. denim look was the signature look of this movie. Yes. So I think by the time he stripped down to the tank top, I'm like, well, what's going on here? Is this, is, is, this a different, is this a different movie? Like, yeah. put, put the denim back on, buddy. That's, that's what do they how call I feel. that? Canadian tuxedo or something? Canadian tuxedo? Because he had like the denim, the, the button shirt tucked yeah. into the denim, jeans. Denim, like denim on denim. Yeah. yeah, Canadian tuxedo. You think that comes, could you pull that off? I don't know. I kind of want to wear that. Like, I, I, I don't oh. know. Uh, others can. I can't. You can't. <laughs> I recommend. Can. I recommend you not do it. Don't try, don't try that. Yeah. Don't try. I recommend you don't do that. Uh, you know, but despite all of this crap, right? Wu said that he didn't regret working Van Dam, and and that he was quite an interesting guy, and he preferred the experience in filming in the USA over working in Asia yeah. for some years. So all in all, like nobody said Van Dam's a jerk. Like he wasn't like being mean, right? Like he had final cut. He had demands. I I don't know if he had final cut. I think that's bull. I don't know. Well, the, there was another thing that said that Wu's original cut was like two hours and focused more on Lance, Lance Henriksen's character, Fushan. Yeah. And Van Damme and his editor locked themselves in an editing room for two days and re-edited the film for the producers. Uh, huh. Van Damme stated that moviegoers were paying to see a Van Damme movie, not a Lance Henriksen movie. That's true. Can, can I tell him I agree with him? That's true, but I I don't know if I believe that, that they locked themselves in the room. Like, did you get that from IMDb, Drew? Yes, did I did. you get that from IMDb? Was what? it sourced? Wasn't was that I'm trying to remember was that Entourage movie where they were doing that when they're like trying to cut it they cut the movie and all that stuff I'm trying to remember well, it might have, you might have been thinking of Medellin yeah Medellin yeah, yeah it's like that whole thing but yeah. I mean I I liked Lance Henriksen in this movie I thought he was great he was yeah. really good right but yeah we need more Van Damme because people it's true you've come to see Van Damme but I feel like that's a little farcical uh, anecdote there that cannot be corroborated <laughs> in any, there, in any way shape or form. It. You asked yeah, me where I, I was in 93. That's where I was. I think that's IMDb bullshit. And I thought I told you that you had a one week ban. <laughs> and you didn't listen. No, no, no. One episode ban here. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think about the whole, they were saying the writer took place. This thing took place in New Orleans to give an explanation for Van Damme's accent. And 
you know, yeah. Wu loved the setting. He wanted to make the movie look like a Western. Like, I don't know. Like, do I you don't think, think, what do you think about that? It doesn't matter because I don't pay attention to Jean-Claude Van Damme's accent or really any actor's accent, to, yeah. to, to be honest. They don't have to have a quote-unquote American accent or just because a film is in New Orleans doesn't mean I expect the main actor to be from New Orleans. They could be a visitor. They could be a yeah. transplant. They could be a tourist. It doesn't matter to me. Why does it seem that Hollywood was so forgiving of like Arnold Schwarzenegger's accent, even the way that Stallone talked? But like, there seemed to be this like weird cloud over Van Damme as sort of an actor and this accent, like he was such a foreigner when he really wasn't. Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a charm to Arnold and we've talked about this in past episodes about Arnold having charm, but also I think there's a bias against the French accent. I feel like people are more judging Americans, I should say, are more judging of the French accent. So, and honestly, if you have a thick accent like that, it is harder to put across a believable American character with a thick French accent, I believe. Yeah. And it's not anybody's fault. And I and I also think that beyond the accent, Van Damme is an inferior actor to say a Schwarzenegger, for example. So I think it's not one versus the other. I think it's just one actor is better than the other. Maybe, maybe at that time, but I feel like Van Damme has become a great actor. In, He's gotten in better at times. Be- better. Yes, but great. I don't know. So you still think at, he's better than? You don't think he's better than Arnold now as an actor? No, no, I don't think he could. No, like you look at two. There's two movies. There's JCVD, and there's uh, I believe maybe Expendables two. Yes, where he plays the bad guy, and he was great in both of those. Legitimately great yeah. acting, but circle before and after that, some of his roles, you know, it's give and take. Great, great, uh, John Claude Van Johnson. So he great. has improved, but I'm not going to call him great. All right. Uh, that's fair. I, we could go with it. We could go with it. I think he, I think he maxes at a six out of 10. Oh man. On the acting scale. Oh man. But his charisma, like that's all his you charm. need. That's yeah. all you need. Like he, like he's acting here at a three, right? Yeah. In hard target. And it, it's okay because the movie is what it is. He sort of makes this movie to me though, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like he makes yeah, this it, movie. Yeah, it needed him, for sure. Like, it's it's his vehicle. He definitely makes this movie. Like, it yeah. does, it would not work with anyone else. Like, honestly, I joked about Seagal being in this, but I don't think it would have been as good. It, it yeah, I'm not sure. Good. I'm not sure he could pull it off. Well, no, let's talk yeah. about John Woo a little bit, because we talk about John Woo films. So Van Damme said that this was a bad script and had great action scenes, and Woo made him look like a samurai with greasy hair. We'll talk about the mullet in a second. What was your favorite scene from this? So like I, at this, I mean, I didn't know John Woo at the time. I mean, I was a kid, right? It's like, but he was very famous coming to the U.S. making this, this Hollywood film. So, you know, there's, there's some crazy action in this movie. I mean, the plot is not great, but the the actual action is fantastic. Yeah. That's why it's so hard for us to discuss this movie, like beat for beat is just because there's not much to it. It's more of a, Hey, remember when this happened? Remember when that happened? That was cool. And we don't want to leave out, you know, the, the street shootout, the motorcycle chase where he's standing on top of the motorcycle. It's fantastic. It's like that's that would definitely be my favorite scene from the movie. I thought the use of explosions was both gratuitous and necessary. I know it's an oxymoron, <laughs> but like if it worked, like it was like, all right, that's a lot of fire, but also, okay, give me more fire. Yeah. Like I want it. You yeah. know? 
You and joked I about thought, Danny McBride's character from Tropic Thunder. Like, yeah. that's what I imagined for this one. Yeah. That's John Woo. That's just John Woo, I guess. But no, yeah, I loved that scene. It was every bit as ridiculous as I remembered it, and it was better than I remembered it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's interesting, too, because even Wu looks back and says, like, he's happy with the way the action turned out and all that stuff. You read about the movie, you look about what went behind it, but he talked a lot about how, like, this style of filmmaking obviously a more of a hong kong style of film and americans maybe weren't used to it so like the way that it came across to people wasn't as familiar but he also has been on record for talking about how like he tried to do pretty much everything he yeah. wanted to make it romantic he wanted to make it look like a western he wanted to put a bunch of action in and he he might have been doing too much and yeah. one thing that i would agree that he did way too much of was the slow motion like oh. i just it was it was talking about gratuitous it was too yeah. much like people give Zack snyder a, a, a bad rap on that like this was like that times a million yeah for no reason just like him van damme getting up out of a chair you know natasha getting into a car yeah let's slow-mo it why it doesn't matter why let's just do it and it, it, it first of all you know the runtime suffers you know we can yeah. this movie could be five minutes shorter if we got slow motion now you know what i mean and what's with the dubs? Like, I know it's his that's thing. A, that's his signature thing. What's, that's what's a thing. with the dubs? Like, I get it. It's great. Got to do it, man. You know. You got to do it. A little gratuitous. That's his thing. <laughs> you got to put it in. <laughs> no, but before we move on, like, what, what did you think? I mean, was the motorcycle chase your favorite? Or? Uh, hands down, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, hard It's hard not to say the, the, the battle at the end, which sort of was like equalizer meets Home Alone meets yeah. like actually the scene from sidekicks which it reminded me of the like factory the candy factory yeah, kind of thing like the, the rolling from wilford brindley's house yeah all the way to we're basically the last half hour yes to the whole warehouse situation was, was like top-notch action it really it's probably underrated because the movie itself isn't very good overall right that it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of great action scenes of the 90s yeah it's the last half hour of this movie is just non-stop just awesomeness. This movie is is probably what I would call a slow burn, even though there's action before it. Like the lead up to that final scene is sort of like a powder keg, and it's like it's slowly getting up there, even though there's more things like the motorcycle chase and all that other stuff. But I feel like this movie's weird in that I really like it, but it's a collection of scenes to me. It's not like I'm watching it for the story. And yeah. I think that's okay. Like I I that's why I like it. I mean, this is the type of movie that that I like. But even like the hunts, they're like they're like slow hunts, and the concept is cool. It introduces you to what the hell is actually happening in this, but it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really kick off until that back half when, like you said, they're at the bayou at at, at Wilford Bumley's house. Which yeah, I mean, I, and I have thoughts on the hunts as well, but maybe we should talk about it when we get yeah. to the old scale. But like, I yeah, do yeah. have thoughts on how they could have made it better. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll move on. What about, so this is our second John Woo movie because we did Face Off in, from 97. Oh, we did it. I was we looking did. up his list of movies and I'm curious what you think of him. Like, do you like any of his others? Like he had a run from like 93, it was like a 10 year run of US movies Yeah, that was kind of interesting. So this was the first one that he did and the last one was Paycheck, but there was some some pretty good movies in between here. Like, what, are you a fan of John Woo? Is that like, is, so, that, is he your, your guy oh, from an action okay. standpoint? So here's the thing. I see the list in front of me. I've seen all of those movies. And I also, probably going into them, didn't know they were John Woo movies. It just it just so happened to be. So I wouldn't call myself a fan of John Woo, but I have seen his American catalog. So you have the Hard Target 93, 96 was Broken Arrow, 97 was Face Off, which is a classic, awesome movie, one of the best. 
And then you got Mission Impossible 2 in 2000, which, God, dare I say it, is the worst Mission Impossible movie? It's not yeah. my okay. favorite. It's might be the worst one, but it's the one that made it a super franchise. Yes. You know? You got to credit it for that. It So you know how, like, in F- Fast Five made the Fast and the Furious franchise become a car movie to a heist movie. That's kind of what Mission Impossible 2 did. Mission Impossible 1 was an espionage tactical thriller, and 2 kind of flipped the script and made it a super action blockbuster, which it rolled into 3 and beyond, whereas it's now every time it comes out, it's trying to, and succeeding in, topping itself from an action set piece standpoint. And I think Wu kind of like set that off into into the into the into the, the atmosphere. Dare I say this? Is it I mean, is this gonna be a hot take to say that maybe maybe this will be stupid, but I personally feel that Mission Impossible movies are underrated for what they are. They're awesome. Yeah, they're great. Movies. They are great. They are fantastic. And they are the not action, dumb action movies. The yeah. stunts are good, the story is good, like the acting is good, like it's, you talk about Fast and the Furious. Like Fast and the Furious is like comical. Like I yeah. like those; so, they're fun. But this I, is like good yeah. filmmaking. Maybe this is bad to say, but Mission Impossible movies are like Fast and Furious movies with a brain. Yeah, but it, it sometimes is. you don't need a brain. Sometimes I agree. the brain is overrated. Look, and I'm a fan of the Fast yeah. franchise. I love too. Fast. I love the Fast franchise. So, uh, so if you want to think a little more, do you want to be surprised? With your action movie, you go Mission Impossible. And plus Mission Impossible 2, so I got to give it. Didn't that give us Tom Cruise, which Cruise. which was Ben Stiller? <laughs> that was from that whole thing. Yeah. So then you had, uh, so just to round out the, the, the stuff, you had Wind Talkers in 2002, starring Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. A patron saint of this podcast. Maybe uh, a five-timer, who knows? Yeah, and then 2003 Paycheck, which was not great at all. Definitely. Um, it's, so. it's, it sent it back to Hong Kong, didn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no. It was that, good. I liked Paycheck. I mean, it was entertaining, put it that way, yeah. but it, not no. great. So I guess, you know, 40 minutes in, we should probably talk a little bit about this movie. Sure. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll, dab, we'll, we'll dabble in it. We'll dabble We've in been it. talking about it. What are you talking about? So, I mean... How we talk about this almost NC seventeen? This this is what they they got a hard R. Was it violent enough for you? What what do you yeah. what do you say? So all on a bubble and gave it forty five kills, uh, and I did not fact check it, but I'll believe them. Good for them. Forty five kills, thirty one from Van Dam. So as, as Chance Boudreaux, that's uh, very much earned its R rating, and uh, lots lots of bloody good ones too. And uh, Chance Boudreaux, man, what a name. How can you. how can we talk about Chance Boudreaux and not talk about this haircut? Like Dude, you alluded to it earlier. Mullets, man. Is this the best movie mullet of it all is. time? Is it better than Con Air? It, it Con is Air it? to me is not a mullet though. It's like just long hair. Really? I feel because he needs you need to be shaved on the side, sort of, or like or like slicked Are on you? the sides. I don't know, man. You it's would consider mullet. that a mullet? It's it's short on the top, party in the back, man. It doesn't it's just look like it's pushed back. Oh, it's well, the sides are slicked a little bit. Is my hair a bullet right now? I guess no. maybe it is. I don't no, know. your hair is not a bullet. It's, it's it's okay. What about what about Lethal Weapon? Yeah, that's no? a mullet. What about so Mel Gibson? That's yeah, a, that's that's a, a, that's a heavy mullet. That's that's a pretty good yeah. one too. What that's about like Patrick, a styled mullet? What about what about Roadhouse? Huh? Yeah, that is right. But that's yeah. like so yeah. that I don't know. That's like eighties mullet. The nineties mullet. You got to have yeah. like the grease. It's got to be yeah. greased. What what about Jesse Gonzalez? Well, there's a mullet. Yeah, I guess there's that's a mullet. a mullet too. That's yeah. like Elvis mullet. Joe I don't Dirt. Know. Joe, Joe Dirt. Dirt is literally a mullet. Like that's like yep. a wig mullet. 
I don't we know. Got, uh, we got David Bowie from Bat- from Bat- Labyrinth. That's like a that's like an eighties rocker mullet mm-hmm. for sure. That's definitely one. So uh, this this could be the winner actually. Uh, freaking uh, Keith for Sutherland and Lost Boys. Yes, Th- yes. So <laughs> he's got so he's even got the spikes up top. That's a mullet. That's yeah. what I'm saying because like it's spiked, like it's clearly yeah. cut up top. But like, even so, I still might take the Van Damme mullet just because like I it's would. just. It's wavy in the back. It's yes. just so good. It's, it's like it's, it's the curly. longest. It's yeah. the longest mullet. And don't you like when he's like whipping it around and oh, stuff? Oh yeah. Like, like he whips he's it, standing it. He whips it and it just goes right back into place. Doesn't doesn't miss a beat. Do you think he had a grease guy? Did he have a grease guy? Oh, like there on, was on the there side? was a hair guy at all times. Like Absolutely. We, we talked about Terry Silver always having a dripping wet mullet and that's like part of or a ponytail. That's like part of the, the ponytail. So you've got to have it yeah. wet. Like the mullet, I think, I think he, he got me into like a wet mullet believer. Like it's gotta yeah. be wet. So, and uh, so I'm going through like the internet has a bunch of lists of the best mullets. Like, so one of them shows Garth from Wade's world. Not a mullet. you say not a mullet? No. Just a long a haircut. Cause it's not like on the sides. It's just long hair. I mean, it's like shorter on the top, but you, it's so long you would hair. Call that That's a not, no, I mean, I, I one could argue, but I think you'd lose the argument. Like I think of, these lists are law. lazy. Like they're not doing the right research here. Take it, because... take it to the Supreme Court. You'd probably lose the case. <laughs> I mean, pl- please write in the lastwordpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you think Garth Algar from Wayne's World is a mullet, because I would argue it is not. Yeah. It is so absolutely I, not. So I'm going Riggs. I do think Cage has a mullet, Conair. I don't know, man. It looks like uh, a balding, balding long yeah. hair. Skullet, maybe. I mean, Joe, Joe Dirt, but like, that's not even real hair. He says it's, it's a real. wig. It's the character, the, the the character admits it's a wig. So yeah. that's got to be disqualified. Labyrinth Riggs is good. I don't know. David Bowie, it's it's almost like Garth. Yeah. Where it's almost just long hair. I got Kiefer, I gotta, Kiefer gets second place. Kiefer's is like iconic just because of what yeah. it is. So yeah, it's Van Damme one, Kiefer two. Uh, Mel Gibson Riggs, Riggs three. three. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I'm good with that list. Official Astro ranking standard. <laughs> the so. five timers club. He gets yeah. his own mullet ranking yeah. too. He gets, he gets mullet of the century. There you what go. do you What do you think of of Boudreaux's fighting styles? There's a lot of kicks in this, and like yeah, you compare so, him to some other other yeah, styles. Van Damme, his fights are super entertaining. He doesn't need guns, you know. Yeah, Stallone needs guns, and Seagal doesn't need guns, but at a certain point, you know, he, you can only break so many limbs, you know, you can only <laughs> snap so many femurs, you know, until, until it gets boring. He doesn't have the dexterity. He doesn't have the no. flexibility that Van Damme has. I'm no. sorry. And in jeans, no less. Yeah. I just love that. A, a standing, uh, sweeping roundhouse is like his jab. Yes. That's like his jab. It's his go-to. Yeah. It's like most people just throw a straight punch. He'll leave his feet and throw a sweeping, sweeping roundhouse. And that's just to get started. I like that in a single sequence in the warehouse scene, he used the roundhouse as both a finishing move and then a starting move to yes. the next guy. Yeah. So he shot a guy twice in the chest <laughs> then finished him off with a roundhouse to the head. With a kick. And then the next guy immediately he followed up with a roundhouse to the kick and then yeah. shot that guy in the chest twice. Yeah. So it's like he bookended that. That's, that's poetry, man. What, is that what, Wu or is that him? No, I think it's him. And I think Wu Wu was getting the best out of his subject. Like he knew what he's like. Uh, what are they like? You're my muse or whatever they say. <laughs> like he knew how to get the best. It's like a good manager. Like should, good manager should, can motivate yeah. his people. 
Should this? Should they have teamed up for another movie? Yes, they should have. They, it only would have been better with more time. They they should have because he he knew how to get that out of Van Damme. Now look, he missed an opportunity with no split. Like that's definitely yeah. you know he put the doves in, but no split. Like yeah. you need the the signature yeah. split. But the kicks were were on point. And and what's interesting is, and I, I found it kind of kind of interesting was how Van Damme. Like, do you think he leaves himself open to when he's doing these kicks? So, like, he's going yeah. instantly, and it's slow-mo, obviously, so it looks slow for us. But he's doing a spinning roundhouse kick. Like, when he fought those guys in the street, when Nat yeah. was was in the coffee shop, and yeah. he walks out, they're, like, on the car and stuff like that. He just kicked the crap out of those guys, and it was, like, all kicks, all kicks. It was awesome. But I don't yeah. know if he's leaving himself open to, like, vulnerable, you know? It's But it's, like, flawless victory if you're fighting untrained guys. True. You know, at least, you know, the, you know, the main villain, I, I keep forgetting his name. It's, it's French. Fouchon. Fouchon. At least he has, some, he has some trained guys. So yeah, it, it is dangerous to, to leave your feet that often, I feel. But, you know, imagine if he did have jeans on though. Like, yeah. Imagine true. the type of range he could get without <laughs> jeans. He's really doing himself a disservice. They should have thrown him in the water, and then he'd yeah. have been screwed. Oh, my God. They yeah, should have thrown him in the water. In throw him in the swamp. Get them. He'd be like having yeah. weights on his legs. Yeah. He could have oh be doing <laughs> There's a lot of swamp around here. Movie, movie over. Someone, you know. <laughs> what, yeah, he, what do you think about just the whole lack of a backstory? Did you like it better or, or not so much? Well, he did kind of have a backstory. He's a former uh, Marine or soldier of some kind. And the whole movie is trying to play this off as where you know, all these former uh, veterans were down in the luck in New Orleans. They were all looking for any kind of gig they could get, you know, dock work, uh, CD porno, uh, <laughs> advertising work, you know, whatever they could, whatever they could get. And that's kind of that's kind of his backstory where he's just struggling to uh, to make ends meet doing whatever he can, because, you know, it's hard out there. Like you said, he doesn't yeah. want to beg for he doesn't want to beg for money. It's hard to put your hand out, he said. Yeah. It's harder to put your hand out than it is to uh, karate chop uh, a poisonous steak. <laughs> did, so. Didn't you? Did you like the part when the girl like saw that her dad had those flyers and like Van Dam, the good guy that he was, he was like, "Don't feel bad. Don't be upset about that. Don't like he had to do what he had to do. Like and his friend did there. the same thing. Like, I know. I know Gus very well. He's, yeah. He pays well. They've, they've handed this out. Like, I like that he stood up for the dad. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, some seedy porno guy himself. Yeah. Like, he was just doing what he needed to, you know? Yeah. The, the bender. The yeah, bender. but I guess, that, I guess that was the thing in, like, New Orleans to where, you know, I guess there was a, you know, a community of homeless uh, down there in the luck for like veterans. veterans. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if it's a commentary on, on that city itself or just it could have been anywhere. I don't know. So we talk a little bit about Nat trying to find her dad in, in that scene, but, like, I don't know. What did you think of the chemistry between Chance Boudreaux and, and Nat? Because it seemed like it was a little yeah. like a little weird, wasn't it? Yeah. So wait, now would be a good time, I think, to like actually say what this movie's about, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should. So, Forty eight minutes in. Yeah. It, within one sentence, without recapping the plot again, this girl Nat's trying to find her dad. She employs Jean Claude Van Damme to help guide her through the city and find out where her dad is or if he's dead, what happened to him. For 200 bucks, right? So, yeah. So Nat and Van Damme are walking the streets of New Orleans trying to find her dad. I didn't think there was any kind of sexual chemistry between the two. I think Nat is a very beautiful woman. I think Jean-Claude Van Damme is a very sexy man. But I didn't think they went well together. Or at least the camera, maybe the John Woo didn't shoot it that way. What do you think? Well, 
maybe Van Dam. I'm surprised. So I guess it's the opposite of Seagal if he had final cut, but oh, apparently in the scene. original cut, there was a love scene. And isn't it, that and like, it, yeah, isn't that bad? Like, say you're the woman, right? And you have to like go through some meathead groping you yeah. in a love scene for the sake of the art for the movie, right? And then it doesn't even get used. And they cut it. And it's then like they just cut it. That. So it's all for nothing. Yeah. Wouldn't it's that make it, you makes upset? It worse. I feel it like does. I'd rather have it in the movie. I think I would too. So I don't know what it was, but I, I think that there was, you could tell that there was maybe something there, but they, they were trying to, I don't it know. It was been, like weird chemistry. It seemed like it was cut around. Where where yeah. would it have been? At the at the bayou maybe? Like it would have been waiting? after the karate chop to the snake. Yeah. Which I don't know what the hell that was, but it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome is what it was. It was completely and awesome. And then like maybe maybe at Wilford Brimley's house, maybe they would have stayed there overnight or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then he was like peeking in like, what's going on? I don't know why, but like it just kind of hit me that like Wilford Brimley's in this movie. And he it's didn't like, have what the to be in there, but why not? I, I think you texted me, why is Wilford Brimley in this? And I think I said, why not? Because go for it. This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> Why not? And he had a great New Orleans accent too. It was awful. He's from. I had to look it up. He's from Utah, nowhere near yeah. New Orleans. <laughs> the accent wasn't great, but uh, but damn it, he tried. Dude, so so he plays a character of uh, called Uncle Duvet, and I think he's supposed to be his actual uncle, like in yeah, the movie. So. Like I think his yeah. relation, right? Like yeah. But I I still come back to like, what the hell is the point of him being in this? Like he's like making moonshine in in his bayou. Like, is he selling that stuff? Like, he tastes it. He's like, mm, this stuff's good. Like, would you have some of Wilford Brimley's moonshine? I don't think he's selling it. I think he's making it for himself. He's making it for himself? He just wants a good drink. Is he, is no. he like, I'm not, I I'm really not drinking anybody's homemade alcohol. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I just didn't, I didn't really get what the hell he was doing in this. And he goes out with like a bow and arrow trying to use this against like high tech weaponry. Like, these yeah. guys have like massive automatic assault rifles and like bazookas the one guy's flying a helicopter and he's out on horseback with a <laughs> with a with a bow and arrow was what well, excuse me was he winning who, yeah, who he lives was. at the end of the movie he does the guy with the bow and arrow all Do right you think he should have died i think i think it would have been no more of an impact i would have been upset died. i would have been upset had he died <laughs> no way there, can't kill a, him there's a movie that i watched growing up i it was like it was in the Star Wars universe. It was called like an Ewok tale. And Wilford Brimley is in this movie and he plays like some old man in like, in like a, 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 a planet in the Star Wars universe of him, like being this, this guy and he's going up against these like evil aliens. If anyone's seen this movie, definitely write in. <laughs> but I remember watching yeah. this with my brother growing up, but that's what I think of when I think of Wilford Brimley, like right. everyone thinks about diabetes, but I think yeah. about him in that weird movie. Yeah. I, I, I just assume that, you know, Uncle Duvet died of diabetes. Like he's not yeah. gonna die from a <laughs> well that moonshine, a gaggle of of, of uh, human <laughs> hunters. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Is there anything else to say about him? He's in it. He's not in it. No. He, he gets he's, whatever. We move on. He needs to be brought up. I'm glad he's <laughs> in the movie, but it's kind of a non sequitur. Like there's no reason for him other than a reason to give Van Damme a shotgun. You want to know what this movie is about? Th- this movie is about like. You want to know what it is about? It's Wilford Brimley being in this. That's what this movie's about. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. that's the kind of movie this it's, is. It's a Wilford Brimley uh, delivery vehicle. Exactly. So what about the two other guys? So the, the other guy that I want to talk about was was Doug's friend, Doug Binder's friend. The other guy, the second guy that got hunted, which we'll get yeah. to in a second, but he was the guy that got shot and they they showed it happening. It wasn't like the opening. Like you saw him get roped in by the guy at the strip club. Then you saw him get roped into the game with the money belt. 
he gets shot like brutally through like a oh, cemetery. Yeah. Uh, he actually took out a guy, which was awesome. And I was kind of hoping that that would happen. But he's walking around on the streets like bleeding in New Orleans and people are telling him to get a job. Like, what's <laughs> that about? <laughs> well, he goes about it all the wrong way. He, he's he, bleeding out. He's acting like a homeless beggar. He's not describing the situation, and he has time. He has Gunshots. all the time in the world. He, instead of saying, "Hey, please help me," there are guys trying to kill me. I need, I need, I need, I need shelter. I need to say, I need to be saved. I need the police. He's going around saying, with his hand out, his palm out, going, "Guys, please help me! Help me! Please help me! Help me!" <laughs> Sounded like uh, Craig's dad on Friday. Help me, please! Help me, so please! So you, so you wouldn't help him? You wouldn't help him? You'd be telling him to get a job. No, I wouldn't tell, get a job. I, I would first of all I'd say get get off me. Like, what's going on? Like, I would have to ask him, "What do you need help with, sir?" Because <laughs> he help like, me, please, doesn't equate give me a dollar either. Yeah, but how about like, hey, something's wrong with this guy. Somebody get over here. Like, everyone's like walking away from him. He's bleeding out on the sidewalk. Like, I mean, it was he, pretty pathetic. But I mean, we don't know what that blood is and where it's from. I'm not <laughs> going to assume gunshot. They're like that guy, that guy is is a slob. He had ketchup packets all over. Also, him. <laughs> also, he's a known like person in the homeless community of this town. Well, fair enough. People might recognize him as begging on the streets. So I, I he needs feel, to be more specific. I feel like they should have helped him out. Come on, man, help help somebody out here. This guy's like in clear he needs need to, of help. He needs to open his mouth to be more specific. Did you like that he took those guys out though? He, he shot that one guy. I, oh, yeah, I was absolutely. glad that he did it. Absolutely, that was good. That's why I got to finish him off, right? That's yeah, what they say. So, so we can't talk about this movie without talking about the villain, which is Emile Bouchon. I, Bouchon. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's played by Lance. Play, I, right. If I go out of out on a limb and say played brilliantly by Lance Henriksen, yeah. I thought he was great in this. Yeah, great and, villain, great sub boss, Habib Marwan. Yeah, I mean, he had a Terry Silver esque piano scene where he was furiously playing oh, the piano, yeah. which real was, madness, real madness. Like talk about madness, but. We got to maybe let's talk about the most dangerous game and the hunting humans aspect of this as maybe part of the villain scale here. I'm I'm curious what you think about him. We'll set it up, but basically we've alluded to it a bunch of times. Like these, they're tricking homeless guys into into basically playing in this game so rich guys can hunt them. But yeah. let's talk about about Lance Henriksen's character. And if you're new to this show, we're going to throw him through the villain scale here. It's a one to five on each of these categories. You've got look or style, hideout or layer, plan or henchman. So if you're new to the show, we put these all of the movie villains through this, and then we're categorizing them in a spreadsheet here. Compare them against each other, but what do you think about this guy's look and style? He's ponytail, accessories. Like, what, what do you think about this? Well, with everything else, he looks like a pretty normal guy. I wouldn't give him high score. But the one thing that stood out to me was his gun. His yeah, gun was so freaking sweet. cool. I had to look it up and see what the hell this gun was. So I just like randomly search, oh, let me search hard target villain gun. And what I come across is a website that, simple enough, IMFDB, Internet Movie <laughs> Firearm Database. I thought it was Internet Movie Database. IMFDB.org for y'all to look it up. And it goes by step for step and shows you every gun in this movie and any other movie you, you wish to look up. It has some great show. screenshots too. Yeah, with screenshots. So I'm like looking for this gun. It's like, oh, nope, it's not the Beretta. I know what the Beretta is. Oh, no. Nope. Is it the Ruger? No, I know what a Ruger is. <laughs> this is a Thompson Center Arms Contender. <laughs> <laughs> Single shot pistol. Things fires 
0.45 to 70 uh, millimeter cartridges. And there are seed uh, hanging on the loops of his belt. So he's got the ammo. The ammo's huge. Looks like a freaking CO cartridge. <laughs> and I thought it was the coolest gun. Like it reminded me of like a Harry, like a Dirty Harry type thing. It really gave him a signature look. I felt. So I think that at least bumps him up to a three. Yeah, he he had that. He also, I mean, I guess it's not part of his hideout, or it's more of the hideout stuff. But like his outfits were kind of plain, but he looked menacing. I think from his 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 outfits and the gun, the guns were yeah. great. I mean, so he had he did have slick back hair. He did. So it was it like wasn't slick. Wet, it was at the end. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> at right. the end. It was very wet. After he got on fire. Yeah, but it was a <laughs> slicked on the sides, kind of. I don't know. I give think a this three is back? or yeah, or a four. I I think maybe maybe a four. We could go four here because of that was, gun. It was sweet. The gun was so cool. It was he brought it out all the time. Do you consider the helicopter his too? Like is the helicopter an accessory? I, oh, I, maybe it's, you yeah, could. it's definitely it's definitely his. So I yeah. think it could be a four. Because yeah. I, I think it's fair. he had some really good, and it, maybe you can consider all the weaponry his too. Yeah. Like it was pretty much all his, right? Yeah. So I, I think for, and that gun was good. It, it seemed like the gun was not like, it made him more badass because it seemed like it was really hard to load that thing in a pinch. Yeah. And yeah. it was like but, a really slow weapon that made no, him but more that's menacing. Like, yeah, it is menacing. That's the word. It's menacing. That's what I liked about it's it. Not, it's not a gun to get in shootouts with. It's a yeah. gun to like scare someone. Or take somebody out, you know, down aiming down the barrel. And it had no sure. sights. Did you like how he did it on the arm? Like yeah, he held like, it on yeah, the arm. But he's thing? a pro. He doesn't need sights. He's he's shot that thing a million times. He knows, he knows what, what he's, he's doing. doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a four is in order for this guy. Yeah. Okay, so what about his hideout and his lair? Because this, this, this is where good. it gets tricky. Where where is his lair? Does he have a lair? He's like a nomad in a way. So yeah. was that house a rental? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he had that like but, plantation house, didn't he? I don't even know where he was playing the piano. Like that was his his joint, right? That was his place. Oh yeah, I suppose. I suppose unless they it's a rental, it, they showed it so briefly that I couldn't get the lay of the land. Like it was a nice looking room, but really, <laughs> but I didn't if get a that good, I, if that is like the one second that you saw, what didn't you see that he had? Do we get yeah. a bonus points for, for not showing anything? I don't think you get bonus points for imagination. Like, <laughs> I need to see what you got, you know? It was good, though. He had, like, all kinds of art on the wall. Like, that was that was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know I, I feel like I can't, if the movie didn't bother to show it to me, then I can't give him points for what I can imagine it might be. Where does he you keep know? his helicopter? Does he have a garage for that or like a hangar? Like an air hangar? I don't think anyone's ever parked a helicopter in a garage. <laughs> they need a hangar, I guess. <laughs> Can you imagine like a garage that's like on its on its side yeah. and it opens up like upwards <laughs> towards the sky? Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess you go into the ground with a helicopter. Yeah. It's like the bat yeah. bat cave or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's a two. Because I give it a, it I'll a give cool it a two because, he, because it's a cool room, but like I, if you don't show me more, I can't <laughs> give you more. I'm sorry. No, th- this is where it's going to get interesting. His plan. Oh, yeah. Tell, just explain this to people because it's pretty complex. So, a there's the tricking rich guys into hunting homeless men for sport. So he's tricking tricking rich guys and tricking homeless guys. It's like a double. It's like a double thing. Uh, total profit on his part. And then the plan when he gets Boudreau on the run when Boudreau blows up his spot. Right. Mm-hmm. His plan is to. Get some clients that he had hanging on a thread, bring them all in at once, 
charge them each 750k, meaning he's getting the 750k from them to hunt down his his enemy. Yeah. So he's turning his uh, enemy on the run into a business opportunity, which is crazy, it's crazy genius. But like I thought when he called those guys up, he's like, "Gentlemen, thanks for coming to help me out." Oh, it's 750k. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are and, those and guys if, suckers? And if your bullet happens to be the bullet to kill uh, Boudreaux, Van Dam, then your fee is wiped clean. You don't have Are- to pay. Are those guys suckers for participating in that? Yes. The thing is, those guys are looking for the homeless guys that are helpless. Yeah. They, they don't understand that they have the hard target. Yeah. They want, they want the easy target. Well, the one guy that got got in the beginning, or the guy that got killed from, uh, what was his name? Doug, Doug's friend, Elijah. Yeah. That guy wasn't really in it. He, he, wasn't, really, he wasn't really in it all the way. Like He, he didn't uh, want to finish off the guy. Now, you get these guys. These guys yeah. looked like they were... They were hardened, you know. They've done jobs with Hendrickson before. Right? They looked like more hardened, but they they were still no match. They had some good firepower. They didn't know what they were in for. No, they, they had didn't. no idea, no clue. I think it's interesting though that he's charging these guys 500k clip and then 750 for this hard target, and then he's offering to pay but, these dudes like 10k, but he never but, was intending to pay them. But listen. The, the harder the kill, the more he's charging. It's Which like it's like backwards. It's backwards. It is. Like he needs some professionals to do this job, and he's bringing in amateurs <laughs> and charging them more. He didn't, but he doesn't even need these jokers because he's got Van Pick or Van Cleef. Pick Van Cleef. I feel like instead of instead of getting instead of trying to make money, really, yeah, just take. He should have just like. Asked to be more one. Hey, buddy, do you know other guys that are as good as you? Yeah. You want to bring them in to help us? Did you did you get the sense that there might have been a power struggle there? And maybe we'll talk about it in Henchman. I don't yeah. know. But like, I don't know. I think that his hubris got the best of him. And I'm going to, yeah. as smart as he is as a businessman, I'm going to dock him a point here. Because Hick Van Cleef, played by Arnold Vosloo, a.k.a. Emotep, a.k.a. Habib Marwan, a.k.a. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> awesome guy. He's one of my favorites in this movie. Under underused, honestly. We'll talk about him in a second. Like he told him, just let me take him out from the air. Just yeah. let me take him out. And he could have. And Henriksen pulled a power move and he's like, no, we need to, it's the thrill of the hunt. Like, we gotta get him. Like, I don't want that. It's like, dude. But why? Why? <laughs> this guy's messing with you. Just kill him. And just take him out and move on. Yeah. Like, go to the next. You keep he's- making money. He's fighting with his heart. Like it became personal. And I feel like I don't understand why it became personal for him. Like it doesn't make sense. Well, personal in in the sense that he messed up his New Orleans operation. Well, fair enough. But like on the other hand, it's like, it seems like they've moved around a few times. Yes. They could move somewhere else. They should move around. It's a bad idea to stay in too many places for too long. Yeah. They were, yeah, that's, I don't know. It's, it's stupid. I want to give the guy a five because I I like that he turned his enemy into a money-making scheme, which like was totally unnecessary. Yeah. But out of stupidity, I want to dock my point. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go for, and he, and here's why I want to, I would say a five minus one because he had the, the, the corner on, on his payroll. That was pretty smart. He had the strip yeah. club guy on his payroll. That was pretty smart. Those he was are the smart only two enough. that knew. Those are the only two outsiders yeah. that knew of his operation. And the cops didn't seem to really know what the hell was going on. Maybe it's because yeah. they showed that weird scene where they were on strike. I don't know. But he seemed to 
like just kind of be ruthless. Like he was just murdering people in the streets. Like he didn't care. He's like well, stalking yeah. these guys in the well, car. You put it like that. Maybe that's why he was so uh, mad at Boudreaux and, and they took it so personally because he had a great thing going like there easy. in New Orleans. It was easy because the town was lawless kind of. I think I think we got to go four because yeah. he he let he let the 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 he gets a, anger get the most of him. He, he gets a hubris point, Doc. Yeah, yeah. but it, it it was a good plan. But honestly. like, yeah, the fact that he turned it into a money making scheme blew my mind. Like, yeah, this is a very dangerous situation he has, and he and he still found a way to make make dollars off of it. Yeah, but well, let's talk about his henchmen then. So we we alluded to Habib Marwan, Ayimotep, Pig Van Cleef. It's one of my favorites, man. He was awesome in this. Great name, too. He's Pink a great subclief. I liked him a lot. Like he yeah. was ruthless. He had the evil face down. Yep. Like he had lines. He, he had was, good lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's what <laughs> did you like the part when one of my favorite lines was when he <laughs> he just chopped the, the strip club guy uh, in the stomach? <laughs> like, do you remember that part? Yeah, what'd he say? He said, wakey, wakey, you fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The guy was great. I mean, Emotep, he knows what he's doing. And this could be, it could be a five hitchman. It could very well be. I don't know if there's been a five hitchman before. There might've been one or two. He deserves it. Yeah. I I actually was really good. And I wish he had a better fight in the warehouse in the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he put up a decent fight. But I felt like his fight, like fist fight, hand head to hand, should have been longer than yeah. the final boss. Well, because Hendrickson didn't. It's okay if he just dies easily. Yeah. Like he no. he was menacing, but he was the brains. I'm fine with him uh, putting up a fight, Hendrickson. Like it's fine. But yeah, I felt like I felt like the sub boss should have been the harder guy to take out. I don't know. Maybe it was. I mean, they had an extended like through the glass, throwing grenades back and forth kind of thing going on. Yeah. So I, yeah, he put up a good fight. <laughs> would would you say it was like with Bennett, like in commando? Like, cause I mean, we said Bennett was the, the bad guy, but he was uh, sort of like the sub boss. Cause I don't know. Like I, I thought, I thought Van Cleef was, was awesome in this. Like I, yeah. I really wish that we got more of Arnold Vosloo. Cause I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm prepared to go five on this. What are are the customers like? The paying customers, rich guys, do they count as the muscle? Do like the strip club guy like he counts as a muscle? Like I think I, they do, but they 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 really don't add anything. All the unnamed um, like yeah. motorcycle riders with the helmets, like I don't know where these guys are coming from. But let me let me ask you this question: If you you sit there in your basement, let's yeah. put a let's put a motorcycle helmet on you. You walk out the front door and have somebody punch you in the chin. Yeah, with your helmet on, does that knock you out? I don't think so because if you're gonna it's, crash your motorcycle yeah. and bash your head, I think it could withstand a punch. What are these guys getting knocked out, getting hit in the head by Van yeah. Dam with motorcycle helmet on? I mean, it was a kick though, right? I mean, it I is guess a Van Dam kick. kicks. All right, you walk outside your house right now with a motorcycle helmet on, Van Dam run house in your face. <laughs> right there, are you knocked out? With yeah, I'm probably on? getting knocked probably out. Probably, probably getting. Out. <laughs> Van, Dam's, Van Dam's roundhouse is probably more impactful than a motorcycle accident. It is. It is. <laughs> It's more traumatic. Yeah. Uh, I, we got to go five, right? It's go five. five. Lock it go in. Five. All right. So so let's recap. So we gave him a four for his look and style. We gave him a two for his hideout and his lair. We gave him a, two, a four for his plan. We docked him a point for his, his hubris. And then he gets a five for henchman. Not bad. He gets a 15 here. 
total yeah, yeah, of 20. F- that's definitely uh top probably top quarter 15 of, of out of 20 villains. he's he's in the top list here man yeah so he's up here with Catherine Trammell, who got a 15 he's up here with M Bison who got a 14 and a half which we could probably round up yeah. He's, you know, I I think it stands. He's yeah. he's not bad up it's here. Fair. It's fair. I think it's pretty fair, and I think yep. it works. So, but yeah, I mean, Catherine Trammell was really besides Terry Silver and the Superstorm from the day after tomorrow was like our our biggest villain. And now maybe you could argue that Emil Fouchon is is yeah. too. So I think we did I think we did him justice. Yeah, underrated. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you. It's been a while since I've seen this. Did this thing hold up and was it what you expected? I know we analyzed probably the making of the movie more than the plot itself. What did you think of this? Did you enjoy it while you watched it or was it more like a chore? No, I enjoyed it. I It, it was a little bit slower paced than I remembered. And I also didn't remember how John Woo it was. Yeah. So, because I didn't, when I saw it last, I probably didn't really think of it in John Woo terms, you know, because it was probably in the late 90s I, was, I saw it. I certainly enjoyed it. wasn't a chore, and I think that it holds up. It does. I think that it's not so cheesy of a '90s movie as it could have been. It kind of stands on its own. It and, definitely uh, is yeah. '90s, but you're right. It wasn't as cheesy. It's because I think the action is sort of timeless, and like the yeah. scenes are pretty timeless. Like I know the mullet's ridiculous, but it kind of like I guess with people. I was listening to one of our old episodes recently, and we we said I think you said the mullet will never make a comeback. Yeah. I have to remember what it was. But the mullet did make a comeback. It's already back. It's yeah. back. I mean, it definitely is back. And, uh, you know, I, I think this movie, it still holds up. I think it's it's a collection of action scenes, which is which is fine by me. I mean, this is the type of movie that I like. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed the hell out of it while I was watching it. And I love yeah. a good Van Damme flick. So if yeah. you're into Van Damme and you haven't seen this movie, definitely check it out. I think it's streaming on Tubi TV for free Tubi. right now. Yep. So go check it out um, and let us know what you guys think. Uh, yeah, before we go, uh, we got some uh, listener love. We got an email from an old friend. Uh, we just want to shout him out because he's been a longtime friend of ours. Uh, well, friend in uh, in the virtual space. UK Lee. Oh, man. One of the original. Popping up. Last you know? row. Uh, yeah. He's one of the OGs. And we were, we were psyched to see him uh, see him write in. He wrote, uh, hey, hope you're both okay. Still loving your podcast. Really look forward to listening to you at work before the shop opens. Going to listen to the final Destination episode tomorrow. think we are soon due for another Seagal movie. <laughs> Must be a few were left for you to rip. All the best, UK Lee. And yeah, you're right. We do have some left to do. We never did the original. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty. Uh, definitely some more Seagal up your alley. And uh, thanks for hanging in there, Lee. It's warmed my heart to see one of the OGs still hanging with us from back in the, I don't know what, 2014 days. Yeah, I always love getting days. an email. Thanks, Lee, for writing in. I don't know what would you call our listeners. Are they rowers? The crew team? Like what? What are like <laughs> rowing? Team. Rowing people? The last oh row crew team? <laughs> uh, let's not think of the nickname at 4 a.m. On, <laughs> on a Sunday night. All right. Anyway, another one of the OGs too. I got to give a shout out to uh, a new iTunes or iTunes Apple Podcast review that we got. So this is a five star review that we got here. So thanks to everyone that took the time and left us a five star review. It really does help out the show. It says, out here making movies I've never seen better. Five stars. Look, to be completely honest, I listen to this podcast even though haven't seen like 90% of the movies because growing up, I never really had access to them. But I'm familiar with most of the plots because of word of mouth and the internet. Even still, Drew and Bowie make these films even more funny, easy to follow up, and their obvious friendship makes their ability to punch up all the major points and character arcs an enjoyable experience every episode. Cannot recommend it enough. Superman TD Jesus, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us a five-star review. And I know he's also one of the uh, 
the listeners here too. So thank you for for doing that. And if you haven't had a chance to enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. We'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, Mm -hmm. July 7th with a new episode for you guys. And on that note, we will see you then. The only thing we didn't mention was was Van Damme invented maybe I don't know if he invented this or not, but the upside down pistol gunslinger move. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. He has the gun like upside down and he's like use it as index finger and it was like the, the Western, right? How is that effective or more time, you know, saving? It's not. I feel like you just dropped the gun. What's what's better that or when the guy goes like this, like, like the, Oh yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather